Welcome to In the Black with your host, Bob Dickerson. Our program takes a look at the socioeconomic issues affecting black America. From education to news and politics to business matters, we have the stories and guests that you need to hear about. Now, here is Bob Dickerson. Hello, everybody. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. Happy to be with you today. Boy, there are so many things going on in the world today, and we're going to talk about some of them. Uh, We're actually going to talk about uh, the coronavirus and how it impacts business, Uh, its um, cost to workers, costing business workers. It could threaten the U.S. economy. So naturally, it's the talk of uh, not just the talk of the town, not just the talk of the nation, but the talk of the world is this COVID-19, the coronavirus, as it is normally called. It is having a big, big impact. And then we're going to shift and uh, and talk about the 100 reasons not to start a business. Now, I'm sure we won't get through all 100. We'll probably take up that subject more and more uh, as time goes on with this radio program, uh, we're happy to be here. You know, you can reach out to me at in the black. That's N T H B L K. That's the way I spell it. You can spell it however you want to. I spell it N T H B L K in the black. Or at my other Twitter, I was talking. It's reach me on the Twitter, tweet me on the Twitter, whatever on the Twitter at. B. Dickerson Jr. also on Facebook, Bob Dickerson. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. And of course, you can connect with Bob D. That's connect with Bob, www.connectwithbobd.com or at bobdickerson.com. So I want you to reach out, want to hear from you. I'd love to do that. So, uh, so let's get started. So this coronavirus uh, is actually having a a negative impact on business. Well, that's an understatement. You know, commerce thrives on movement. And when you constrict movement, you constrict commerce. Now, we're doing more and more uh, shopping online. And just get this. So as retail stores are closing down, as restaurants are sending workers home, I just heard on the news this morning that Amazon is adding 100,000 workers. And so, as most people know, there's always a silver lining for somebody in every dark cloud. And I'm sure that the folks at Amazon aren't uh, happy about this coronavirus because it impacts so many other aspects of life for them, for their managers, for their workers, and so forth. But you know, it is really restricting movement and the restrictions on movement is affecting commerce. And that's something that we all have to be concerned about simply because we really don't know exactly how long these restrictions will last. Yesterday, the stock market um, went down another 3,000 points, 3,000 points in the stock market. Don't look at your 401k. It might make you sad. Most of the experts and uh, and pundits are indicating, and and I tend to hold this belief, that when the 
virus has ended and the threat of the virus has ended and trust, I trust that it will end, then I think you'll see a rebound. Uh, one of the few places that I agree with the POTUS, <laughs> one of the very few, but, uh, but, but really it's having an impact on, um, on business every day. Consumers are staying home. Businesses are losing revenue. They're laying off workers. Unemployment levels are rising sharply. Uh, nobody has any confidence, so there's no investment in business. And so uh, you can go on and on, and you see that uh, this this national, I mean, international crisis is having an impact in many ways, other than the uh, the health con concerns. Uh, we were looking at Eventbrite. Uh, Eventbrite, uh, if you've used Eventbrite, that's the software that allows people to sign up for meetings. It's like a global ticketing and events business. And so uh, you can imagine if we're telling folks don't gather in groups of more than 50, and then some of the guidance today or yesterday came out and said don't gather in groups of 10 or more. I'm concerned. I got to go to a meeting this morning that is certainly going to have about 30 people. I thought I was okay when it wasn't going to have 50. And then when I hear the 10 number, you know, that doesn't make you really, really confident. But, uh, but now if you look at the growing impact it's having on live events, then you see why Eventbrite is making a prediction that, uh, that things are going the way we know they're going. And, you know, it's coming at a time when places um, are banning large gatherings, but a lot of large gatherings have been planned. And I'm not just talking about Major League Baseball or the NBA. And, and that affects millionaires and billionaires, certainly affects the folks who sell the popcorn and park the cars and take the tickets. Those are the folks that we need to be more concerned about than, than the owners and the athletes because they made enough money, and if they hadn't stashed some away, then shame on them. But also conferences and concerts. Uh, I have two conferences that are in jeopardy of not taking place, and one that has already been, been canceled. And so you see that a company like Eventbrite uh, that's involved in this global ticketing uh, would feel the, the, the brunch and, and feel the crunch and the blunt of this. And so, uh, so we're, we're really in a mess. When you think about the workers, uh, you know, I think uh, it was an article in the New York Times and that talked about the, the impact on workers. And I think it said it all went to hell. And so, you know, uh, I think that is an adequate way of actually putting it. Uh, when you think about the fact that, uh, that many companies, if they don't have sales, and we talked about the, 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 the movement being constricted, so the sales are being constricted, especially in a retail environment. So if you're not selling anything, then you don't need anybody there to stand around and look at the other people that are there or to look at the owners. And so the workers are feeling the effects. Um, workers are already being furloughed, sent home, fired, laid off, not given hours. And for many people in this country, 
many people in this country, in fact, I would dare say the great majority of people in this country cannot afford to miss work and miss paychecks. Simply cannot afford to miss work and miss paychecks. And so when a business, especially a small business, isn't doing anything, isn't selling anything, doesn't need anybody there to stand around again and look at the other people that are there, then people end up missing paychecks. When people miss paychecks, then they miss rent and house notes. They miss car notes. They miss their other bills. They miss uh, the opportunity to pay for daycare. Uh, They may miss and have to really severely alter trips to the grocery store. Uh, trips to the pharmacy. Certainly, they, they're not going to be going out to restaurants, even if the restaurants were open. And so the trickle-down effect, we've heard about trickle-down economics. Well, this is trickle-down, trickle-up, trickle-across. The trickle effect is really hurting everyone. And so the economic impact of uh, the coronavirus certainly can threaten the U.S. economy. Um, Even uh, the more mature and stable and substantial businesses uh, are already feeling a hit. And the longer this situation lasts, the longer the virus is, you know, rampant out here, the longer it takes for us to really get it under control and not just get it under control, but to actually make sure that it's gone away and we sort of have this confidence again, people are moving around, uh, people are not uh, worried about the six feet social distancing. You know, some of the things I think we're gonna learn from this though, and we should have been doing this all the time, like, you know, hygiene, washing your hands. I mean, that's nothing new about that. That's something we should have always been doing. And people, a lot of people have been doing it, but now we're more conscious of it. Uh, respecting social space, you know, it's just really, uh, you don't know people and you don't know what they just did, might have. And so just respect social space. There's nothing wrong with it, you know. And, and now in, over the last 20 years, a handshake has evolved into a slight hug. And, and it's okay. I mean, I, I think it's fine to show that kind of brotherly or sisterly or human love for each other. But, uh, but we're going to be thinking about that uh, as time goes on. We're going to be thinking about how we greet each other, uh, how we shake hands, what we do with our hands after we shake hands or touch a surface. Uh, if you want to invest in the, uh, in the hand cleaning industry, it probably is a good bet going forward, that that's going to end up being a good investment. So, uh, so, so it is really wrecking havoc on the U.S. economy, and in particular on small businesses. So in my city, uh, we've started a conversation about what we do for small businesses that have been negatively affected by the coronavirus. That is the meeting that I'm planning to go to today that will have more than 10 people, hopefully no more than 50. So I don't want to be nervous. 
but uh, but but we need to respond uh, as all of you know and I'll talk about this a little bit later I run a small business development agency so I work with businesses all the time so what you need to know is that we as a community need to support our businesses that are suffering at this very moment and suffering really through no fault of their own uh, nobody is responsible i'm not trying to lay blame and i know some people oh i've heard some of the most asinine and ignorant ignorant uh rationale behind the spread of this coronavirus i won't i won't dare say what was said but it was said by a a, a highly placed corporate executive something to the effect that this was some plan and uh and I, and I chuckle, and some of you may believe that. If you do, I kind of feel sorry for you if you believe that, because I certainly don't. And maybe if, since I don't, you might feel sorry for me, so you have that right. But uh, this is not something that you can blame anyone for necessarily, and certainly it's not something that we need to penalize anyone for. Hey, this is Bob Dickerson within the Black. I'll be back after these very important messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. 
They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. You know, we were talking the last segment about the coronavirus and how it's impacting small businesses. As many of you know, when you've heard me talk on this program, I've, uh, I've been a banker. As a matter of fact, I started my banking career in 1973. 73, boy, that is almost 50 years ago. I started a real job as an adult. Well, I wasn't legally an adult. I was 20. But I was out of college and uh, and started a real job almost 50 years ago. I don't really feel that old, but but I guess I am. And through my career in banking, I've done uh, lending, basically. I've made consumer loans, and that would be like personal loans and auto loans. I've done mortgage lending, also home improvement lending. I've, uh, I've done uh, automobile dealer finance. That's when you go to the dealer and you don't know who made your loan and they sent it to us. Back when I was in there, it was sent over a fax mach- a facsimile machine. Now, fax machine. We don't even have those anymore, do we? Anybody got a fax machine out there? Anybody use a fax machine? Is it just drawing dust in your office? I don't know. Are we still using fax machines? But anyway, so I've been in business finance for the last, oh, 25 plus years, helping people start, grow, and develop their small businesses. And so in in most cases, you know, we talk about, uh, and we help people go into business. Uh, What we don't talk about a lot is there are oftentimes when we stop people, not stop them literally, but when we share with them maybe some of their characteristics and situations that should dissuade them from going into business, should, should, should really make them think not just twice, but three times or five times or 10 times about going into business. And to make them focus on that, the fact that maybe this isn't the right time. Maybe I'm not the right person. Maybe this isn't the right business. Maybe the risk is too much for me to handle. So I want to talk 
uh, for the balance of the program today about some of the reasons not to start a business, a hundred reasons not to start a business. Now, I won't get through all 100 of them, but, uh, but I, I want to give you some, and, and we can come back and talk about the others, or certainly talk about this subject at a later, at a later time. But just right off the bat, some people are not cut out for business ownership. That's just a fact. Some people are not cut out for business ownership. It depends a lot on what you're in it for. Um, if you're just in it for the money, <laughs> then realize that most people don't get rich starting a business. Actually, the odds of success are really not in your favor. And so there's a higher likelihood when you start a business that you won't succeed as opposed to that you will succeed. And so you've got to make sure that you're cut out for business ownership that is in your DNA, uh, that is something that you really want to do, that getting rich doing it is not the driving force behind your effort, that you're willing to take some setbacks and disappointments and not let that throw you off your mission and your goal, that if you lose your money, you're still going to be okay with money. So those are some of the things that you, you want to think about as you evaluate whether or not you're cut out for. Some people want to start a business because they're in it for some ego. And yes, there is a huge rush to be able to start, grow, and develop a successful business. A huge rush. Uh, building a brand, having your story told, getting the attention from media and, 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 and other folks, there's a huge rush. But if you're just in it for the notoriety, then you are making a mistake. You're making a mistake. You're, you may not be cut out for business ownership if you're not willing to put the business's needs ahead of your own. If you're not willing to sacrifice a night out on the town with your wife or husband, if you're not willing to sacrifice a soccer game or cheerleader camp or basketball game, football game with your son or daughter, if you're not willing to cut your hopefully two-week vacation down to two days, then if you're not willing to sacrifice a, a need at your house in order to make payroll for your company, then you're not willing to put the business's needs ahead of yours. And that is an indication that you might not be cut out for business ownership. Uh, another reason is you're, you aren't disciplined. Boy, people that are always late, always incomplete, don't finish on time, don't start on time, don't get up on time, don't get there on time. Should I say that again? Don't finish on time, don't start on time, don't get up on time, don't get there on time. Lack discipline. They don't probably need to be in business because 
all you're going to do is make most of your customers mad. And if you have any other supporters, they're not going to like it. And so if you're an undisciplined person, you don't need to go into business. If you are not confident, I mentioned this earlier, you've got to be willing to do it because you want to do it and you have the confidence that it'll work. But you also have the confidence that if it doesn't work, it's not a reflection on you, the person. And so if you're not confident, uh, if you're not productive, there are some people who are productive. There are some people who aren't. So before you start a business, measure your productivity. Make sure that you are productive, uh, that you know how to manage time and energy, uh, that you know how to man manage processes and people. Uh, that you've gotten somewhere in your other endeavors, like on your job and, you know, with your even your hobbies, uh, that the things that you've done, you can look back on and see productivity. Um, if even if your biggest goal in life is just being happy, then you might need to think about that thing, because there are going to be some times and there may be more times than not that you may not be just like blissfully happy <laughs> with your business. You're not going to be blissfully happy with your coworkers, with your employees, with your partners, uh, with your vendors, your suppliers, your customers. You're just not going to be that. And so if all you want to be is, what, what's it? don't worry, be happy. If that's your motto and your mantra, then that might not be, what you want to do. Um, if you're running away from something, see, if you want to go into business because you can't stand having a job, because you can't stand having a boss, <laughs> then you got a problem. You have a real problem because if you can't deal with one boss on a job or maybe a couple of supervisors down the line, try dealing with uh, eight or 10 irate customers in a row. Try having 100 customers and knowing that they are all your bosses. Uh, try being jerked around by folks who are writing you checks. And tell me how that feels. Tell me how it feels to have 100 bosses if you can't get, a, get along with one. If you aren't passionate about what you're doing, if you're not driven to do it, then going into business, you know, you may not be cut out for it. Uh, you've got to be willing to have difficult conversations. You've got to know what your strengths are. Uh, you have to be objective about your weaknesses. You've got to accept your responsibility. Uh, if you fail, uh, you're, you've got to be willing to trade off this glamour and glitz and notoriety of a CEO uh, to understand that as you start a business, not only are you the CEO, but you're also the chief laborer, uh, that you've got to work the job yourself in most cases. And so just make sure that you're cut out for business ownership. Make sure you have a burn bridges that you need to step across. Make sure that you're honest about yourself. Make sure that you're willing to sacrifice and that your family is willing to sacrifice some of the things that you want to do for them as you try to achieve business ownership and as you're starting a business. You just got to make sure that you have all of that going. 
Now, when we come back, we're going to continue the discussion determining the hundred reasons not to go into business because if you don't have those, oh, 15 or 20 things that I talked about earlier, then you probably shouldn't. You need to rethink your entrepreneurial endeavor. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some other things that are more personal to you. Uh, we're trying to make sure that if you aren't in the right place in your life, then you know that starting a business is not for you. This is Bob Dickerson, and you're listening to me. This is In the Black, NTHBLK on the Voice America Radio Network. Having a great time doing the show. Reach out to me, bobdickerson.com. Connect with me at connectwithbobdickerson.com. Check me out on Facebook at in the black at Bob Dickerson Jr. All the social media. Love to hear from you. Uh, love to get your feedback. Stay tuned. We'll be back after more. This is Bob Dickerson with In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. We're actually talking people out of going into business. And that is really, is it um, oxymoron for me? Because what I do for a living is I help people start, grow, and develop businesses. And, uh, but quite often, when you have conversations with people about business, when you share with them what it takes and share experience and perspective, then quite often they come to the realization themselves that, well, maybe this is not for me and maybe this isn't the right time. Uh, maybe, you know, I need to think more about it. And that's what you really want to have happen. I can remember, oh, 20 years ago now, we taught a class. It was uh, a class that the Kaufman Foundation, and Kaufman is one of the leading uh, foundations that help with growth of entrepreneurs. So we had a class that was called Fast Track. And Fast Track this was the one that was fast track venture planning. It was about a 10 week class. We conducted it at a junior college and, um, and we had about 15 students, business owners, aspiring business owners that enrolled in the class. And at graduation, you know, each of the students had to get up and make a statement. And you can imagine that most of them got up and talked about, how good they thought the class was and how much they got out of it and how they expected going to the class would help them in their entrepreneurial endeavors. And, and some of them bragged about the teachers and, you know, we all smiled when we heard that. But there was one woman who got up and said that what she learned was that she should not go into business and that she would not go into business. Now, of all of the folks who went through that class, and I haven't tracked all of them, I, I do remember one or two, and, and there are a couple of them who are in business today. But of all of the folks who were in that class, her honesty stood out and her comments stood out, not just to me, but to the other group of us who were part of the instruction team. Because just taking her through that class, she learned that perhaps she didn't have the discipline, 
the fortitude, the resources. She might have not been in the right place in her life to start a business. So, so how do you know, or if you're thinking about starting a business and you don't have these things going for yourself, then you may want to think twice about it. Not, not do it. I know that didn't come off right. I'm not saying not to do it. I said not, not do it. Some folks got that, but let me just fix it. I'm not saying not to do it, but I am saying to think about it really, really hard. Okay. All right. So do you need a lot of sleep? <laughs> I mean, that might sound funny. I chuckle myself. But, you know, when you start a new business, you may end up with some sleepless nights. Not that you didn't get in the bed, but the problems of your business and the problems of the world just you wake you up because you're worried about your success. So, you know, can you spend the hours that it takes? You know, so most jobs are eight hours. And to be honest with you, uh, that's, that's what the employer might think. I think most of them are five, you know, that you actually have people actually working or fewer, five or fewer. And so, but if you're in business, you may, your eight hour day might end up being 10 or 12, perhaps even more. And so if you've got a situation where you absolutely can't put in the time then, you know, maybe you need to wait. Maybe you need to wait till your life is in a, more, in a bit more balanced situation. Uh, again, family is very important. Family is very important. So when you've got, you know, spouse and kids and or parents that take up all of your free time, then then, then being in business might not be for you right then. It may not be for you right then. Uh, if you've got too many things that, that are going on in your life, uh, necessary things, things that you can't just brush off, then starting a business might not be for you right then. And, and of course, you've got to have the support at home. So, you know, I've, I've seen this situation more than a couple of times, actually more than a dozen times, where one of the spouses is just enthusiastic and just determined to start a business. And the other one is not on board. Maybe not in a position to say no because of the love and caring and you know you want to see your spouse happy and, and successful but just really not on board because perhaps it's something that they understand and see that the other spouse doesn't understand, doesn't see. Um, so, so you got to think about that. Um, if you don't want to travel, <laughs> that's not going to work. If you're in bad health and there's not, you know, it's kind of hard to see yourself starting a business and you're already in, in, in bad health. Um, if you, you know, not comfortable now, now this was a big one when I read it and I think this is so true and I'll tell a little story about it. If you're not comfortable with technology or you're not comf comfortable 
and confident with your competence. Now, let me, let me just say that again because I stumbled. If you're not comfortable with technology, then you're out of place in today's business world. You've got to be comfortable. If you're not confident about your ability, comfortable and confident about your competence, then maybe you don't want to start a business. So here's, here's a story. And I may have told this one before. So in business finance, we encourage people to do business plans. In small business finance, we encourage people to do business plans. As a matter of fact, in counseling businesses at every stage of their business life, we encourage you to do business plans. Now, business plans change. The kind of business plan you do for a startup is different from the planning process for a maturing business. And it's actually different from the planning process of a mature business that's about to either innovate or decline. And, and we may get to teaching that, that one day on the radio, the business life cycles. But planning is part of the process. But the business plan doesn't get you money, as most people think. And so what business owners were prone to do, and still some are, is to think, oh, well, I need a business plan. Let me hire someone to write it for me. Okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hire XYZ consulting firm or Dickerson Management Consultants, LLC, my company, to write a business plan for me. Okay, so I'm sitting in a bank and um, customer comes, calls, makes an appointment, wants to talk about a business. And I said, okay, have you done a business plan? Yes, sir, I have one. Can you send it to me? Let me read it before we meet, okay? So they drop off the business plan, very nice plan. Uh, graphs, pictures, uh, well-written, uh, articulate, um, you know, well done, professionally done, professionally done. That was a kind of tip-off because I talked to the pr prospective owner on the phone. And I, I wasn't, this is not an aspersion of me casting a judgment, but just talking to him and reading the plan, it, the dots didn't really connect. I've been doing this for a while. I had been doing it for a while then. Customer comes in and I start to ask questions about the business plan. Uh, wh why do you predict your sales to triple from your first quarter to your fourth quarter in year one. And, you know, and I asked a couple of those questions and basically the answers I got looked like this. Now I know we're on radio, but that was a blank stare. I'll give it to you again. The answers I got looked like this. Blank stare. And so what I realized was that this individual had gone out and he hired someone to do a business plan. So. Here's a lesson, and that was a long story to get to a quick point. If you're not confident enough to draft your business plan, then you 
probably aren't competent enough to manage all the processes necessary to be in business. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you have to be uh, a wordsmith or perfect with grammar. If you listen to this program, you probably know I'm certainly not. But I am saying that you must be able to do the research, understand your market, figure out what your sales and price, your sales and pricing looks like, um, have some competency with accounting, which would require you to do the spreadsheet. You've got to have some of that going for yourself. And if you don't, then maybe going into business is not for you. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more In the Black on the Voice America Radio Network. This is Bob Dickerson. See you after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to In the Black with Bob Dickerson. If you have a question or a comment about the program, please send an email to Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. That's Robert B. Dickerson Jr. at gmail.com. Now, back to In the Black. This is Bob Dickerson with the Voice America Radio Network. Uh, We're going through some of the 100 reasons not to start a business. As I mentioned earlier, that's a little bit different for me because I'm helping people to start businesses, but sometimes you have to help people not get in trouble and not start a business and make sure that they understand that one, they're not cut out for it, or two, they're not ready, or three, it's not the right situation, four, it's maybe it may not be the right time. And even beyond that, it may not be the right place. It may not be the right business. It may not be the right you fill in the blank. And so, uh, you know, just to do a sort of a personality check, and we're going to talk about this more. I I like the subject. I like talking about business. But just a, a quick personality check. So if you're thinking about being in business, are you creative? Are you creative? You know, do you have vision? Uh, are you creative? If you're not creative, think about it twice, maybe three times. Um, are you uh, sort of a routine kind of person that you have to have a routine? And if things don't go right or they don't keep you on your routine, it throws you off for the rest of the day or for a significant period of time. So if you've got to have that comfort of a routine, then the discomfort of entrepreneurship might not work that well for you. Um, do you like people? I mean, do you, are, are you the kind of person who gets in a room and gets off in a corner and gets your drink and kind of people watches and you talk to the people that walk up to you? Are you the kind of person that's, uh, that, that's bubbly and who's out there networking and, and meeting folks? Uh, that must be important to you because I won't say never, but it would be very rare for somebody to really succeed in business by themselves. You know, it just doesn't, doesn't work like that. Um, now, this might sound a little bit different, but because you would think that successful entrepreneurs are in control, and generally they are, but they're not what we will term as control freaks. They understand that they don't control everything and they're comfortable with not being bent out of shape by letting someone else control something. And I think that's not just true for entrepreneurs. It's also true for managers. Uh, Those of us who are managers, and I'm kind of both, you know, have to understand that there are some tasks and 
programs and departments and processes that we hand off to someone else. And even though we may watch them do it in a way that's different from us, when we learn that we can't control everything, we just got to make sure that we have the right people in control and then, you know, just get comfortable with the fact that everything isn't going to be done just the way you would have done it. And if you want it done just the way you want it done, then you may have to do it. And that's going to limit your ability to really grow an enterprise and have a successful business. Um, if you're disorganized, then that doesn't help. If you're like this uh, person that likes perfection, see, see the perfect is the enemy of the good. And we've heard that a lot of times and I've seen it. I mentioned on an earlier program that we have this, this, this paralysis of analysis uh, the, that we allow this pursuit of perfection sometimes to stop us in our track. Now, we should always pursue perfection, but let's pursue it while in motion, not while standing still. Because if you're waiting for perfection and you're standing still, the world is, the imperfect world, is passing by you and eating your lunch. And so, you know, don't let your pursuit of perfection uh, paralyze you and make you not do anything. Um, if you don't like wearing multiple hats, you've heard me say it, you're the CEO, you're customer service, you're accounting, you're research and development. Um, you know, you've gotta be everything, chief cook and bottle washer. That's the term that we normally use as a cliche about new businesses, but you've got to be that. Uh, you also have to be a person. And if you're not a person who wants to continue to learn, then you probably don't want to start a business because I can assure you that what you know in 2020 won't mean as much in 2025. It won't get you over the the finish line in 2030. And so if you start a business this year, keep learning, keep adding to your knowledge, uh, keep making sure that you know as much as or more than any of your competition. And that's going to be important. If you're a person who is, who, who is like, doesn't tell the truth about themselves to themselves, you know, now you don't have to tell the truth about yourself to me. You don't have to tell the truth about yourself to your customers or even your employees. You don't even have to tell the truth about yourself to your spouse or your kids. But you better tell the truth about yourself to yourself if you want to be in business. Uh, you got to be able to look critically at you so that you know how to compensate for your weaknesses and you can compensate for your weaknesses a through bringing in people with strengths that offset your weaknesses that's one of the best ways i know to do it or you can work on your weaknesses to not let them derail cripple or make you unsuccessful in business but if you're a person who can't self-evaluate then being in business might not work for you. If you're indecisive, being in business might not work for you. If you're the kind of person who goes to the store and you got to pick up every item, every item, and re I'm looking at the producer now, 
And she's looking at me. But let me turn my head. If you've got to look at every item five times before you decide which one to buy, okay, I'm being a little facetious, but you have to make decisions with sometimes incomplete information. And so you've got to be decisive uh, if you're going to be in business. You've got to be able to handle confrontation because there are going to be times when customers, employees, vendors, suppliers, or all bankers and other professionals are going to confront you. Um, and so you're going to have to face those issues head on. You don't have to really be a jerk about it, but you've got to be strong. Uh, if, if, if you're a person who doesn't, is not a finisher, a finisher, a finisher is a person that doesn't have, you know, 10 incomplete projects. Well, maybe 20, because I'm maybe talking about myself. A person that doesn't have 20 incomplete projects might not be a finisher. But anyway, but you got to be a finisher. You cannot be thin-skinned. You cannot lack energy. You got to be a motivator. You cannot lack focus. And you've got to embrace, even sometimes, being wrong. You're going to be wrong. You're going to be held accountable. Get over it and get on with it. Hey, this is Bob Dickerson. I've really enjoyed today's program, talking to you about the coronavirus and its impact on business, as well as some of the 100 reasons not to start a business. Hey, remember, you can reach out to me, B. Dickerson, I'm BobDickerson.com, BobDickerson.com, at In the Black. We'll see you again next week on the Voice America radio program. Thank you for tuning in. Please join host Bob Dickerson for another edition of In the Black next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week.